shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Welcome to the Adventures in Tech podcast. Talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Dan. Hello, everybody. Once again, welcome to the Adventures in Tech podcast. This is episode number 12 for the week of January 20th. I think you know my name is Andrew. And you know my name is Dan. And we once again want to thank you, as always, if you like the content, Help us out by providing feedback and a rating on wherever you download your podcast from. It's great for us. We greatly appreciate the support. The feedback has been fantastic. There's a lot of things going on, uh, you know, uh, outside of the regular world, right, Dan? (laughs) But we are getting slammed, and it's a great thing. I mean, we love being slammed, like, you know, running around crazy as, you know, I'm crazy as it is, and Dan... You know, he just runs crazy. So, <laughs> but um, lots of things going on, and we're going to get to our news and everything like that. But, you know, as far as episode 12 goes for this week, there are 3D printing things going on. We got a lot of PBL going on. A lot of PBL. I think uh, people have tuned into our podcast, and uh, now <sighs> it's just, I- I'm assuming a sound effect is coming for that at some point. <laughs> I don't know. I got to think about that, but yeah, it, it is. It's great. You know, the project-based learning and just the kids are so engaged and we were literally, as we were planning this episode and right before we started recording, we were just having a, a lengthy conversation about engagement and how, you know, because this is kind of the time of the year where there's nothing, I don't want to say to look forward to, but the holidays are over. We're in our routines. It's the it's cold today specifically. People are bundled up, and you're like, what? You know, you got to get that excitement factor going. And I think PBL, mini PBLs, you know, that we've been talking about, just get dipping your toe in the water with it and just trying one thing out. Not only will it excite you as an educator, but also that engagement and excitement level for your students will go off the charts. Absolutely. And you're looking at, you know, We talk about PBL, we talk about blended learning, and really the technology and everything we have available at our fingertips, especially if, you know, students have devices, you can really increase the engagement factor by allowing students to be part of the learning process. So the more students are engaged, um, the more the students have ownership, the more they're going to engage. And, you know, this was told to me a long time ago, your best classroom management is a good lesson plan. So if you have something good that you're putting forward in your classroom, your classroom management's going to be better. You don't have to sit there and and monitor a student on a device to see, oh, are they doing what they need to do? You're going to see that through the interactions that you're happening in your classroom. Right, and they're going to be curating and creating that content, and, and those experiences are memorable. That's going to, like you said, excite them and keep them on task. And that's kind of where, you know, we're going to, uh, talk about a couple things. We've you know started planning some things out. We have special guests. We're still working on scheduling, but hopefully in the next couple uh, episodes there'll be some special guests that we're trying to work out. Uh, you know, scheduling is always uh, a busy time for us, for them, for everybody involved. But uh, that is on uh, on the horizon. So uh, wanted to mention real quick. Uh, you know, a lot of people are always like, well, you know, I'm in PD. I need some online courses, and then we talk a lot about NYSCADE, and it's free to join if you haven't joined. Uh, but there's no charge. Uh, to New York State educators for NYSCATE's online courses. Uh, they're an approved CTLE uh, uh, provider, and there's tons and tons of courses. I'm taking six right now. All right, so there you go. <laughs> That's just a bunch. But, you know, just 
Uh, real quick, you know, we'll put the link in the show notes, but they have best practices for online course design and Bitmoji educators and book creators, Canvas, creating a culture of digital citizens, which I think is huge. We talk about computer science, digital fluency. They're having that. And we know the uh, new computer science standards for New York State are going to be coming. Um, so there's a lot with, you know, computer science, digitize your content, choice boards. We talk about that, Dan. Um, yep. And, you know, I did. I was looking, you know, I always want to see what's out there and see how much I can learn. Um, so I did probably about two weeks ago, went in and registered for some nice gate online courses. Um, I am taking the one for choice board educator. I am taking one on Kami, on Flipgrid, on escape rooms, on the technology empowered educator. So they have so many relevant yep. topics out there and they're all asynchronous. Right. So it puts you in a great learning platform. You do have the help of a facilitator, and it's always good to keep fresh and have something that you can put in your instructional bag of tricks. Right. So, and it, you know, and Wakelet's one of them. And we, you know, how much we love Wakelet after uh, running through two episodes and screencasting and and everything. But Absolutely. The one thing I want to say is they do offer CTL, CTLE credits. But please, just you know, this is kind of a disclaimer. Please check with your specific. Uh, HR department or whatnot, if any of it will be counted for credit uh, before signing up and doing everything. Don't say you heard it from us. Everybody's different. What's acceptable, what's not as far as for certain components, whether it be certification, et cetera. Um, but so a lot of, lot of free courses. Uh, and again, that's the best part. They are free. You can register. And it's kind of like, you know, uh, learning at your own you know pace, which is great. Um Weekly wind-up, Dan. Let's talk. What's going on? Okay, so one thing that I did see that just started mm -hmm. that looks super fun is every year you have the Doodle for Google, Doodle for Google contest. Yep. Um, so the Doodle for Google 20, uh, 2022 contest it is now open for K-12 students with the theme, I Care for Myself By. Um, so if this is something you're introduced, you want to introduce – to your students. Um, we'll put the link in the, in the show notes. Um, but basically what it is, is a competition on designing those Google Doodles. Yeah, we love those. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe you can tell people what is a Google Doodle. So uh, a Google Doodle is basically those things that you see when you go to the homepage and it's always changing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you're like, oh, you know, I mean, I don't know if everybody does, but I always have uh, Google as my homepage when it opens up, you know, as my search, you know. Um, so they're just fun. They're surprising. They're temporary on that Google homepage, you know, kind of like an alteration of the logo. Uh, and it's intended to commemorate holidays and events and achievements. So, you know, I know we just had uh, Martin Luther King, uh, you know, holiday, uh, you know, and celebrating the life of Dr. King. And, you know, Google on their homepage did have a dedication in the doodle area for, for Martin Dr. King. So definitely, uh, you know, hits the events, achievements, notable historical figures of countries and everything. So, it, you know, anytime you open it up, you never know what you're going to see. So that's why the Google Doodles and you want to be part of that contest, it's now open and, and they have a theme. Right. So the theme is I care for myself by 
Um, to look more into it, you can just go to doodles.google.com. It'll tell you all about Google Doodles. It'll tell you about the contest, how it works, prizes, judges, and then there's also a lot of educator resources that you can provide for your students. That's great. So kind of, you know, have a little fun if you, you know, have some free time or, you know, those students that finish early, perhaps this is an enrichment activity that can work for them. So uh, the next thing I do want to talk about is Cami Connect. Uh, so Cami, K-A-M-I. Uh, we will link it in the show notes, but they are having a free virtual event connecting educators uh, who utilize Cami uh, from all across the world. That's going to be uh, held on February 26, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, free registration. Uh, and it's basically the world's biggest virtual ed tech experience that really talks uh, a lot about Cami, using it, inclusion in the classroom, being engaging and dynamic and using that that whiteboard. Uh, so they have a whole slew of people. It's a half-day conference. Seems like uh, something you may definitely may want to check out. And they keep talking about a special mystery guest. Yeah, I see that. You know, So we'll put the link in there. And you'll see exactly what we're talking about with the mystery guests. Uh, the silhouette doesn't really tell me, doesn't give me any indications of, of who it may be. Uh, I was hoping it maybe could, you know, like uh, some kind of distinguished feature that we'd be able to say, I know who that is, but unfortunately it does not. So they just use a, a, a mystery guest silhouette. So definitely check out Cami Connect uh, if you want. I know we talked about Tech's Help last week right. uh, and on the most recent episode. Um, they have another feature. We talked. These companies are always changing. Dan, what now has Tech Help, uh, Tech's Help done? Right. So this was just released um, where text help and we talked about orbit note yep. um, that pdf reader um, but now in orbit note you have one click ocr scanning for orbit note so what that really means is there are some pdf documents that are able to be read by a screen reader yep. and usually these documents are created digitally if someone created something in microsoft word or google docs and saved it as a pdf it will have that OCR, and I think it's optical character recognition. That is correct, yep. And so that a screen reader would be able to read it. Now, a lot of people have paper that yeah. they scan in and put in as a PDF, yep. and those do not have that OCR layer on them, so a screen reader will not be able to read those PDF documents. Now right. when that PDF is opened up in OrbitNote, it's going to be able to use AI and all of that to scan that and create that OCR layer so it can be used by a screen reader. Right. Another great thing that TechSelp, I know we talked about the whole slew of uh, options that they have uh, for education uh, on last week's episode, episode number 11, uh, definitely uh, going to be great with Orbinote and coming, you know, it's, it's out for Chrome now, I believe, and then um, I believe it'll soon be coming to Edge as a browser. So, uh, definitely uh, worth checking out, especially if you're using those those PDFs a lot. And, you know, you definitely want to learn how to OCR a PDF. Uh, we'll put the link in there, and it's something you can definitely check out to utilize uh, in your uh, in your instruction. Um, Google had an update, and it's great. You know, uh, they had a couple, but this one I thought was kind of uh, relevant. Uh, I, I sometimes don't know with files, like if there's a suspicious file, I mean, we save everything to drive, let's be honest. We, we live in the cloud. And this was announced at Google Cloud Next 2021. You know, they're trying to add uh, protections to safeguard against abusive content. So 
uh, and it's great for school districts because you never know what's shared with you and it goes, you know, the link in your drive. So now there's a warning banner that will come up in Google Drive to alert users of suspicious files. So uh, if it's a potentially suspicious or dangerous file in Google Drive, the user opens it, there's going to be a warning banner to help protect not only the user, but the organization from malware, phishing, and ransomware, which unfortunately we have to deal with. I hate it, but it's just, it's a part of our life right now. And these warnings, uh, you know, we're already available with doc sheet slides and drawings, but now your entire Google Drive, because let's be honest, you may have videos in there, photos, whatever it is. Now it's going to kind of automatically give you that warning banner in the event that there is something suspicious. So, you don't have to do anything. Uh, your admins will make sure they take care of it. Rapid release, schedule release domains. It's a gradual rollout. Could take up to 15 days. Hopefully you don't see it. It means yeah, you got clean files, good. right? But uh, it's already uh, started uh, you know, to roll out to all of the domains. And it's available to all Google Workspace customers, G Suite Basic, and the business customers. So something definitely uh, that could help out in, in the event that there's something not looking appropriately uh, within Google Drive. So... Uh, all right, so let's talk about this week's episode. Um, before, you know, I did want to talk one more thing with Google. We, we talked about being efficient and effective, right, Dan? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there's a wakelet. And a lot of times we forget these things with Google tips. You know, when we're talking about Drive, like we were just mentioning, um, there's a lot of tips and tricks and some quick hacks that can help you with Google, um, whether it be PDFs, copies, exports, edits. You know, a lot of people don't know these tricks, Dan. Right. So, you know, for example, and we'll put the link, you know, if you want to have a PDF link automatically to a Google slide or a Google drawings document, all you have to do at the end, we always know at the, at the end, it says edit, right? E-D-I-T. It says edit. But all you have to do is end up putting the word export forward slash PDF. It's great. I mean, I love those little shortcuts. My favorite one with a slide deck is getting rid of edit mm-hmm. and putting present. Yeah. Right? So that way when someone clicks on that link, it the slide deck is automatically going to go to present mode. So when you're sharing something with your students and you want them just to have a full visual of what's there, they don't have to open the slide deck and then click present to see it. It's going to automatically take them to that full present mode. Right. Which is great. You know, and, and, and that's, that's awesome to have. Uh, another one of my favorites, you know, we talk about, well, there's two first is copy. <laughs> I knew that was coming. We got to force a copy, right? You know, let's say you're collaborative documents or, you know, you're an administrator and you need something filled out by all of your team leaders or, or teachers in your building and you give them the copy of the Google doc and the first person writes all over it. And then the next person has to write all over it. And then it's just like, you're going to version history. Forget it. Or there's the other situation where you want someone to make a copy of something, but they don't. And then they keep requesting editing access over and over and over again. So by changing it from edit to copy, it's automatically going to force the user to make a copy, which gives them their own original copy of the document in their Google Drive that they can then edit. So this is great when you need to get things out to a large group of people, but also when you're working with your students, Um, especially if you're building hyperdocs yep 
Um, you know, it's not always easy to have everything linked to an assignment in Google Classroom, especially yeah. if you're pushing it out over multiple classes. But that force a copy will allow students to click on, on something in a hyperdoc, get their own copy of it, and then they can submit it to an assignment in Google Classroom. It makes things really easy. And that's important, especially if you're a, a good planner, because when you schedule those posts in Google Classroom, you can't take that link until it actually posts. Post. So as you're planning out a unit or, or whichever, a topic for the hyperdoc, the forced copy will make it a lot easier. And then it just takes one extra step. You teach your students, you just create the assignment, assignment two, and you teach them how to uh, add their work to that file. It's the same process, just one extra step instead of, you know. So you're planning out ahead, you do a little more work, and you'll be all set on that. There's also make a copy with comments. Um, one thing I also like is preview. So, and again, these these are going to work with doc slide sheets and drawings. If you change the word edit at the end to preview, it's going to give you a preview. And then one of my favorites, Dan, which I think is underutilized the most, is template. You oh, know, yes. We talk about mm -hmm. that, and you're always like, oh, how'd they get that use template button in the top right corner that's in blue or whichever? It's just taking the edit button out, the edit word at the end, and putting template forward slash preview. So we'll link to all this. Uh, it's in a wakelet, uh, you know, it was provided. Uh, I don't remember where we found it, but uh, it was online. Definitely something to kind of use back as a resource. Um, but I think that can definitely help, you know, those those collaboration tools and getting those things out, you know, uh, as you utilize them in instruction or even with your colleagues. So, all right, let's talk video. Video. Uh, We've been talking a lot about audio. Let's go to video. Yeah, so video creation tools. A lot of people are like, I want my kids to be able to demonstrate you know, a task, right? And we talked about Screencastify. I know I'm going out of order right here, but Screencastify, as we, I think we've mentioned on a couple of previous, it's really powerful in the sense because they have Screencastify submit now. And all the features that Screencastify is now adding really puts it, it levels the playing field within Edpuzzle. Mm -hmm. And I think if your students, I mean, even if they don't have accounts, you get five minutes. To, to demonstrate an understanding of a task, five minutes is more than enough time. Oh, more than enough. Five and minutes I'm, is long. I mean, we're talking, I mean, secondary, every, you know, I would say even K2, let's just say if we're talking about Screencastify Submit, and you set it up the routines and your culture in your classroom, and you want to almost uh, have a student orally read, because sometimes you can't get to all the students. We understand, you know, we're trying uh, time management, differentiation. You teach them how to use that Screencastify, and they can submit it. They don't need you don't need five minutes for the kid to record. You just want to see how their how their fluency is, how their pace, how their annotation is, everything like that. You can get that that quickly with Screencastify. And with, with a lot of these tools that we're going to talk about, but Screencastify in particular, or or any of the other screen recorders, because there there's a lot that's there. Um, we we're looking. The overall objective is finding ways to, for students to demonstrate their understanding right. of a particular topic. Um, and technology allows us to do that um, yep. in ways that we couldn't do it before. I mean, I think just answering a question on a worksheet does not really demonstrate understanding all that often. Um, it may show that a student is really good at finding a paragraph in a textbook that answers a question and then either copying it directly or changing the words, putting it in there, putting an answer and moving on. Um, it, it, that doesn't necessarily demonstrate an understanding, but finding opportunities for students to really show 
right. their thought process to really engage in metacognition. Um, video is a great tool. Audio is, but video is a great tool. Right. Using something like Screencastify, they can pull something up that they're working on on their computer screen, do a screen recording, highlight the different areas, expand upon it in a conversational way where they can talk about their understanding. Right. And, and I think that's really powerful as we look at designing our instructional spaces. Listen, and, and I'll be honest, Dan's got better eyesight than me. So when he sits next to me in class, he's always looking over at my paper for the answer too, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's another thing that sometimes, depending upon the age level, you never know if kids are doing that or not. But the best part, like we were saying, with Screencastify Submit, it, it, it's, simplest, it's simplistic in its best form because it foregoes all the fancy editing options. And you assign it, record, right from classroom, whichever, and collect them quick, easy, and you don't need whole class. I'm thinking you got five devices, let's say, boom, they can hit Screencastify and rotate, you know, mm -hmm. to demonstrate the task. You know you're ready to move on to your next unit or whatever it may be. So Screencastify is is very, uh, you know, easy to use. Once you set it up, you're ready to go. Uh, I think it's great. I mean, if we look at some of the other um, video creation tools and how you can use that, one thing that we should always remember is, is Flipgrid. Yeah. Um, Flipgrid is an amazing tool, especially how it keeps growing and growing. I mean, we talked about the power of Flipgrid for audio only, but that video, you can use Flipgrid in a very similar fashion that you can use Screencastify. Um, what's nice is Screencastify, you can't really use on devices too well, uh, on mobile devices. Right. So right. if you're limited to mobile devices, um, Flipgrid allows you to do a lot of what Screencastify can do. It's easy to manage, it's easy to access, and it's easy for students to create. They can have backdrops, lenses, filters, music, pen tool. They can do screencasts yep. in Flipgrid, which is a great addition. They can add text, they can add images, stickers. It's easy editing. So um, it's a great platform for students to demonstrate their understanding. And it's by nature collaborative. Right. So you can have everybody in your class be able to view um, the flip grades, or they can be private only to the teacher. You or can public, yeah, or public, public, public. You can moderate what's put on there. Yeah. Um, you can decide if they can comment or not. So it's a really powerful tool. Yeah, it's very robust. And you know, as we go through these, you know, I think we're talking about how they can level them up in, in grade levels, you know, and metacognition. But I do want to say, I, I don't think it's one video creation tool is the answer for everything. No. I think you have to look and utilize what works for the task at hand and kind of sprinkle it in based on that. I don't think there's one tech tool, like, I'm all Flipgrid this year. No, you may need those different ones based on Screencastify or we're going to, you know, I'll let Dan talk about Adobe Spark in a few minutes. You know, we talk about green screen with Do Ink. It's very inexpensive. It's a great way to bring different backgrounds in. It's kid friendly. The editing is easy. And again, it's only on iPads and iPhones, right. you know, but it's another tool based on what your outcome is that could be utilized. I mean, green screen is great. I mean, everyone gets a kick out of using a green screen. Oh, they love it. They, they love, love it. it. But like, if you're limited to... Um, Using an, an iPad or, or a tablet, Doink works really well. You can also use Wii Video for green screen. Yep. You can use a lot of your different, you can use um, uh, iMovie. Yep. There's a lot of different options for green screens. Right. Depending upon exactly what your um, your infrastructure is, whether it be, you know, Chromebooks or MacBooks or iPads or what have you, you know, will kind of dictate a little bit of how much flexibility you have with these tools. 
But like Dan said, green screen uh, for Do Inc. We Video is another one. They do have the basic editing for free, uh, you know, and you can utilize a classroom uh, dashboard. There's more. There is a paid version, okay? Um, you know, for that, the green screen, that is a paid app, but there could be licenses uh, available in your district. And when we say it's, I think it's four ninety nine, mm-hmm. not free ninety nine, no. but I think it's four ninety nine. Um, and th- the districts may have a certain allocation of apps of doing and the green screen feature. You know, uh, we talked about Adobe and how they were now uh, with a, they rebranded themselves, right? Uh, and it's uh, Adobe what creators. I, I always, I'm, I'm not, I'm not well versed in it yet. I'll, I'll keep talking and, and you'll get it right. I will. Uh, I will. Um, but we talk about video for demonstrating understanding. We talk about video for collaboration and sharing all those resources, but you know, one thing and that's really engaging for students is creating their own movies, their own digital movies, their own digital videos. Um, for a while, you know, you were stuck on using something like Windows Movie Maker or you were using iMovie. and That's like a bad word, Windows Movie Maker. I know. That was a bad word. When I, but, um, you know, which are great tools. Um, I, I still use iMovie now and then. I use things like Camtasia. I know you use an, an Adobe product. Uh, yep. Yeah, I use Premiere. You use uh, Premiere. So video creation tools are, are really robust, but often that's a little bit too much for what we want to do with our students in designing their own video representations of things. Right. So Adobe Spark Video is a fantastic tool. It's a slides-based editor. So it looks like you're developing a Google slide deck, yep. but you're actually creating a video in a slide format that you would not know is slides. It, it would look just like a video. Um, you can you can create slick, appealing videos that include pictures, video, text, icons, narration, music with transition, effects, and you can collaborate on it on the web. Right. So it's a great, you know, you're like, oh, I want my students to make a documentary. I want them to make a video about this certain topic. I want them to, to show something. Adobe Spark Video is a great tool for that. And it really levels up what the uh, ability, like what the, the students can do. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, we were talking about Creative Cloud. That's the, you know, the umbrella, you know, the parent company of, you know, of all the Adobe suite. So it's Adobe Creative Cloud Express, which used to be Adobe Spark. Right. So it's now called Adobe Creative Cloud Express uh, instead of Adobe Spark. It previously was Adobe Spark. But it's something to, to me, ignite your ideas and allow students to really be creators, not consumers, as we often talk about. And, and in that online um, video editor, WeVideo is a really good one. It does have mm-hmm. a layout that's similar to um, Premiere, that's, that's similar to iMovie. Um, there is a free version of it, yep. um, which works well, but there, you're, you're limited to the amount of uh, minutes you can produce video for. I remember the last time I looked, it was like five minutes. Um, I'm not sure where it's at now. But WeVideo is a great tool for that video creation. Yeah, and there are a couple others. We'll, we'll post them. Uh, I'm not very familiar with Capwing, um, but basically students are able to add subtitles, text animations, images, audio to their videos, and even edit green screen and collaborate. It is free, and it is web-based. So, again, looking at what your infrastructure is regarding devices, you know, in the ecosystem of, of your district will kind of dictate exactly, you know, which, you know, which tools and which applications you want to utilize for uh, the video creation for students to demonstrate their understanding. Um, The last one that, you know, I know it got a lot of buzz about pre-pandemic was Prezi. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and we talked about Prezi. And, and, you know, I haven't utilized it much, Dan, because of all the the other companies uh, that have kind of presented themselves in this field. But do you know anything specific with Prezi? Uh, I I don't know. Specifically, I'm thinking Edlaw 2D for New York State. I don't even know if they're compliant. That's another thing we always check. Check Mm -hmm. with your district for all of these applications to ensure that they are meeting COPA, FERPA, and Edlaw 2D, uh, you know, in New York State. Uh, you know, compliance as far as privacy agreements go. Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure again, but there is, um, you know, Prezi. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a while ago. Yeah, I feel it's like it's like almost like ten years ago yeah. when I was first introduced to Prezi, and I, at first I'm like, oh, this is really cool, and then I was like, oh, this is making me really nauseous. How many times I'm zooming in and zooming out watching something? It's that but, old. What's that effect from uh, the Ken Burns effect from uh, video from Apple? There, right? right? <laughs> but um, you know, there is. Um, they have. Grown and there is, you know, a way to create Prezi videos. So I definitely think it's something to look into. But as Andrew said, I'm not sure about compliance and right. so forth. There's there's another thing too that um, I just want to point out that for teachers, in order to create some some videos and different things, there's a Google Slides add-on called Creator Studio, which is great. Which is great. You can create your gifts, you can create videos, and you can create slidecasts um, just using Google Slides. So I talked about. You know how Adobe Sparks uses a slides template to to make your videos, and right. it there it really is slick. It looks good. Um, you can turn your um, slide decks into videos by using Creator Studio. Right. So, and I think you know when we talk about Prezi, you know, I remember they 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 launched I think in like uh, the late uh, late two thousand nine ten mm-hmm. around there. But um, the big thing with with Prezi was presenting over webcams and everything, and I think. Just the companies have evolved since the pandemic. So you're able to present in a Google Meet and WebEx and go to meeting, go to webinar, Microsoft, Zoom, all of them. They've really upped their game. So it's kind of just, you know, Prezi's not the only option anymore when you're right. presenting live, you know, in, in a meet. So there are options. Uh, again, check it out uh, if it's something, you know, that you're thinking is, uh, you know, Beneficial, you can definitely check all of these, uh, you know, video creation tools out to kind of see, okay, let's make a plan. How am I going to move forward? What's the best video creation tool for me to do that to get my outcome? And and just remember to have a purpose for your videos. Thousand percent. Yep. Um, and, and what you're looking to get out of it. Um, and then finding the, the appropriate video tool to utilize in order for that purpose. So you should definitely have some specific goals um, in what you want the video to encapsulate. So whether it's for students to demonstrate understanding of a topic um, by showing evidence of something they created. Yep. So that would be a great use for Screencastify or Flipgrid with the Screencast as well. So re- we're going to attach um, a great document by um, from... Jake Miller. Jake Miller. Yeah, Jake Miller. Not you don't to be know, confused with Matt, Matt Miller. Miller. Right, right, but right. There's Jake Miller, and you might know him from the Edu Duct Tape. Yeah, the Educational Duct Tape podcast. He also has a book out. Uh, JakeMiller.net, I believe, is the website. Mm-hmm. Great guy. I believe he's in Ohio as well. Um, so definitely check him out on on the socials, on Twitter, and everything like that. Uh, I think that's going to pretty much wrap up uh, episode 12. Dan, any final thoughts? Um, no, not right now. I just want to wish everyone the best. And at any point. 
you have any questions, reach out to us. That's it. So we appreciate everybody listening, taking the time out of their day. Thank you for all your support on all the platforms, leaving us reviews. Again, questions, comments, suggestions, please reach out. Tech hard, work smart, live in adventure. Find Andrew on all socials at A Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech DR.